1: as you were hearing this
0: announcement. And the venue is BYOB. So if you want a drink, bring a drink. If you like a Diet Coke, bring a Diet Coke. And we're going to hang out afterwards. We can say hello to everybody. Hope to see you all there. See you there. It is officially outside season. It's important to be wearing sunscreen every day and you want a sunscreen that's not going to make you break out and we cannot recommend apostrophe enough. I've been starting to play grass volleyball outdoors now that it's been getting nice out. I bring it with me. I am almost out of the tube because all of my friends have been using it and loving it. It's great. It's easy. It's so efficient. It's an online platform. You go on. It connects you to an expert dermatology team and can get you customized acne treatment for your unique
1: skin. I get my tretinoin through apostrophe. It's so easy. You can just put it on subscription. So it just immediately comes to you. And they offer prescription treatments for all types of acne, hormonal, facial, even back, chest, and butt acne. And we have a special deal for our audience. You can get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash FMH when you use our code FMH. That's a savings of $15, and this code is only available to our listeners. To get
0: started, just go to apostrophe.com slash FMH and click Get Started. Then use our code FMH at sign up, and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, apostrophe for sponsoring this episode.
2: Well what's your sign? I'm a Sagittarius this is like really classic Sagittarius behavior <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Hyde, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host Rourke. Rourke, it is our 60th episode today. I
3: am so proud of us. Um, I think – what's the statistic? I think it's like most podcasts like don't last past – like it's either seven or 17 episodes. I can't remember, but we're oh. killing it. I'm not we're, familiar with that, but great. Go us. We're of advanced age. I love it. We are. We're getting up there. Yeah. Um, how was your weekend? It was
1: good. I did – well, I did a lot, but I didn't leave my home. Okay. Which was purposeful. I was feeling just very – I like dove right back into work coming back from Columbia. Like not only literally in the sense that I started work the day after I got back, but also just it was like a shitstorm from the moment I got back. And so I feel like I just got off the plane running and never stopped for the whole yeah. week. Yeah, so I really need, um, I really needed just nothing like a recalibration this. weekend. Yeah, um, but I did get stuff done. I switched out my wardrobe, like put all my sweaters away, got out my shorts. Probably a little bit premature for it, but it was feeling good. And uh, yeah, and today I did a lot of work on my Columbia blog post.
3: Amazing! So I'm excited about that. That'll be great. Yeah. Um any word on if the disco ball is coming back to New York anytime soon?
1: So not in specific. So we've been okay. we've still continued to text every day. He has a friend great. in town this weekend. Um so I think he leaves tomorrow because he mentioned they're doing like a big Sunday dinner at his house tonight. Um but we've been texting and and most of our conversation yesterday surrounded our second date and like the songs that we're gonna sing amazing for karaoke great um we've decided to do bar karaoke and not private room karaoke
3: i think that's a good vibe for a second date
1: probably um i i just i just like private room karaoke so much more really what i need to do now though is just research a place that's not going to be a madhouse yeah because the places that i'm familiar with that have bar karaoke like you show up and you just you don't get to sing oh that's very there's just too many people yeah so we gotta find a good middle ground um mm-hmm. but something else that so that's good he's kind of still happening still feeling good about him great um something else that the patrons know um that I did not know when we recorded last week's pod is that the gentleman who is my new matchmaker match
3: may or may not be listening right now I I doubt he's like listening. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that could be. I would venture, I would venture that he has explored the social media, but then I could, like, I'm a snoopy person. And so this is coming from somebody who would want the research. I would probably look and then end up not listening because I think listening would be searching for a needle in a haystack at this point. In yeah, maybe. We just, we just don't we just don't have any
1: him. we just don't have any information about how long he has known I exist. Correct. Like we don't know. So backing up a second, my matchmaker told me that he told her that he's familiar with my quote unquote online presence. Those are the words that she used. Yes. We don't know whether he was already familiar with me, like knew who I was from the jump.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Or discovered my online presence in the course of, like, looking into the person he's going to go out with. Right. Right. We don't know. If it's the latter, I'm totally with you. But if it's the former, I don't – we don't know. I mean, obviously, most of our audience and my Instagram and whatever audience is female, but, like –
3: Yeah. We don't know. I mean, I think it's – so, like, I think think I've told you this, that I've had a couple work friends reach out to me and say – yeah, hey, I was just scrolling TikTok and did I just see you? And so like I have friends that come across your content organically all the time. And so I think it's entirely possible that either he did, a friend did, and or or like something like that. And then he sees your picture on the matchmaker and says, like This person seems familiar. Like, can whoever sent me that? Can you send that again? I need to figure, circle back. Totally. Um, But yeah, no, there is a variety of explanations. Do you plan on asking about this?
1: Yes, I want to have more. I want to talk about it more because I, I also just want to gauge his comfort level in terms of, like she said, she specifically said he digs what you do. Those were her exact words. Great. So, like he, at the very least. You're probably right. He's not listening to the pod. He there is a there is very little chance that he doesn't know that I recap dates. Like that is like pretty baseline if he's looked into me at all, like he knows that. Yes. Yes. So that part is going to be interesting because I've never been out with somebody that I knew for a fact knows about my like knows the handle of my account and like sure. probably will yeah. look.
3: Yeah. Um, Do you think that that will change the content at all or will color how you want to do it? I don't know. I mean, it
1: it probably has to. Like, there's probably no way for it not to. Mm -hmm. That being said, I approach my content generally with that knowledge that somebody could see it, especially after I've been out with them and I tell them about it, even though no one has ever asked what the handle is and so I've never told anyone. It's like a three-word Google search away, it's very easy to find. Right. As we've discussed. So I don't yeah. know. I think it depends on what happens.
3: Yeah. Well, I'm excited to hear about that in a couple of weeks. I know that yeah. he's traveling, right?
1: He's traveling, yeah. He's out of town for work um, until the third week of April, which when she said that, I was like, that's so far away, but truthfully not.
3: Yeah. No, that'll fly. two weeks from now. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Um, Yeah,
1: what's going on with lots of dogs here?
3: Yeah, so I've seen him now twice more Um, I since the last time we recorded, or Mm -hmm. yeah, the last time we recorded a main podcast. um, We went to dinner on Wednesday night, I want to say, and had a great time, like closed the restaurant down. Um, We were like the last people in the dining room. And the- the, the waiter very much knew it was a date where he was like, take your time, keep getting to know each other. It was funny. The waiter at one point sat down with us. <laughs> That's very
1: funny. I used to do that yeah. when I waitressed, but it was like a thing at our restaurant.
3: Yeah. He was trying – he was very eager to tell us about this movie he had recently watched and really enjoyed. What? And. Yeah, and he like couldn't remember the name, and so he sat down and took out his phone to like Google it and find the IMDb page. What movie was it? Um, it was I believe it was called Irreplaceable You. It was about oh yeah a man who was losing his wife to cancer. Yeah, he said familiar. Yeah, I have not seen it, and um, I have no clue what sparked that story from him. I I, like- I have no idea, but. He joined the table for a bit, and I was like, okay. Um, And then he just like kept kind of like finding ways to talk to us, and uh, totally fine. And also to our earlier discussions, gives good kind of context humor points. Totally, Um, but yeah, we had a great time. He went to he was in Vegas. Lots of dogs here. Not. Not the waiter. Yeah, gotcha. (laughs) I realize I've been using he as a pronoun for quite some time. Lots of dogs went to Vegas for two days and um, got back yesterday. I saw him last night for a little bit. We just kind of hung out and played sequence. And um, then we're going to do something this week. He's now gone for the next four weekends. So like – not gone. He's not gone for four weeks. He's gone every weekend for the for weekends. The next four weeks. Yeah, but that's
1: when you're available. So that's a problem. Exactly.
3: Yeah, my weekdays are just a lot harder to navigate. I will say, I think that this month is going to be better than last month. Um, last month was very bad. I, I did not have weekends. I just had day. I just had thirty one days, Ugh. and um, so I think that this. I think that this month looks – is shaping up to be better. Um, And so I think that I'll be able to do something. Um, I kind of – I want him to like put something on the calendar because I'm going into the office on Tuesday and Wednesday and making some plans with friends for like dinner, like work dinner, friend work dinners after us being in the office together. Mm -hmm. And I'm sort of like, maybe ask me out. But
2: you don't want to ask me out?
3: I, I will. I I don't know. I thought – like, he can – I have – I'm at my comfort level of where I've put myself out, and hmm. now it's his turn to volley back. Okay. But yeah. Well,
1: that's great. So, Sounds like things are still going well.
3: Yeah. No, I I still think he's, like he, – he just, like, is a great, great guy, and, like, I'm – I like, think he's super cute and he just like has – he has like a ton going for him. And like I really want him to meet my friends. I think like that will be mm. so, so fun. Um, I think he will fit in very well. So, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just like very – it's very, very comfortable in a good way. Like not in a boring way, in a truly yeah, yeah. like nice way. Um, That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just feel like – I feel very, like, even about it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
1: I love that. Yeah. Um. Well, before we introduce our guest, I forgot one, like, almost phone-throwing moment that I had. Oh, okay. Great. So the disco, ba- the disco ball and I were texting all weekend, right? He has a friend in town. Mm-hmm. And so he was sending me pictures of things he was doing. Uh, it was kind of the reverse, actually, of... When I was sending him pictures of vacation, he was actually sick that weekend. He had strep throat. Oh, and so wow. he was sending me pictures of, like, him and his dog on the couch, and I was sending him pictures of, like, a rooftop nightclub in Cartagena. Very
3: different vibes, yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And this time it was, like, the exact opposite. He had a friend in town, so they were, like, out and about the entire weekend doing stuff, and I was doing apartment stuff. Yeah. yeah. So I was, like, sending him a picture of, like, my organized closet, literally. <laughs> um but one of the pictures he sent me, so they, they went indoor rock climbing. And first okay. of all, this was, this was funny because he initially said they went indie rock climbing, I-N-D-I-E. Oh. I did not see this text message. It was actually while we were recording Patreon Uncensored. Yeah. Which is funny that that happened again. Um, but like I didn't see it. I didn't see the typo, nothing. I forgot that he had, like, texted me, whatever. Like, three hours later, I got another text message from him correcting his typo. Oh, that's funny. On a text that that I never saw.
3: I like that that shows that he went back to revisit the thread.
1: Yes, he went back into the thread and then saw that he had said indie rock climbing and then probably thought I was like, what the fuck is that? I'll respond to that later because I don't know what that is. And then he was like, I just want to clarify that we went indoor rock climbing
3: I do like the idea that, like, there's this genre of climbing that is indie rock based. (laughs) Like,
1: That's exactly what I said to him. Uh, But when he sent that, he also sent me a picture of the indoor rock climbing. And there was a guy, like, front and center in this picture who's, like, a little bit too far away for his face to be super, super clear. However, I had no idea whether it was him or not. It could have been – Oh. But it also could have been his friend. How funny! And so, so I just
3: what did you, what was your response? Just like well, so cool. Like well, generic- I
1: almost I almost commented on because the person in the picture had a mustache, which like he had scruff before. He very easily could have shaved it into a mustache. I yes. almost like I was typing back, like oh my god, like you you shaved a mustache, something something, and then I was like, wait a minute, I don't know. If Let's that's be him. careful. Yeah, yeah. So I deleted, backed up, and basically just commented on the rock climbing itself and fully just bypassed him. Very good call. Thank you. I avoided what I think – I sent it to a couple friends in a group chat after, like pictures from his Hinge profile and then that picture to be like, do you think this is the same man? And they were also pretty sure it's not. Mm -hmm. Like I've only met this dude once. By the end of the night, I'd had a few drinks. I also – we know I have a history. I walked up to the wrong dude on a second date.
3: Yeah. So clarity is key here.
1: Yeah. So like I don't have great facial recognition in general as a skill. It's not a skill of mine. So anyway, that almost happened but didn't. Um, But now I am super excited to talk to our guest who is Aliza Kelly. She is a celebrity Mm -hmm. astrologer, author. She appears on the Drew Barrymore Show all the time. She also has a podcast – I don't know that much about astrology, but I think it's super cool.
3: I I know zero, and I and I I think it's a lie. <laughs> okay,
1: okay, great. Maybe maybe we use different words um, with her.
3: <laughs> but I mean, she but... can pl- I convince? Like, I, I feel like that person who's like, prove me wrong. I, I'm I'm strong opinions, loosely held.
1: Got it. Well, I don't think it's like the thing that we like the end all be all, but I'm excited to hear her take on it. And I know that there are a bunch of listeners who are actually part of her like private club. It's called the Constellation Club. Um, Oh, cool. That are pumped to hear from her too. So let's jump to her. So Erica, you know, I love a fancy drink and something that's been really helping me to do that without consuming more alcohol than I want to is Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails. They're 0% alcohol, made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and honestly taste just like your favorite cocktails, but without the alcohol.
0: I like to have a few things in my fridge that give me a little bit of flavor. And their flavors are amazing. They have the lime, margarita, grapefruit paloma, ginger lime, mule, watermelon, mojito. One of those has to sound good to you. I think they're all great.
1: My personal favorite is the watermelon mojito. That one is so good. I recently had a few people over and pulled them out of my fridge. They had never tried them before. They're now hooked. They've ordered recess mocktails. We're spreading the word. I'm not a day drinker,
0: but I want to go for the hang. And it's the perfect thing to bring to those scenarios that you're like, I'm here, I'm having fun. I got something in my hand. But if you're not a day drinker like me, then a recess mocktail might be perfect
1: for you. You can get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. So something that
0: I have started incorporating into my daily routine is our new sponsor, Happy Mammoth, and specifically taking their Hormone Harmony. It is plant-based, it is nature-inspired, and it is herbal. I'm a little conscious, so I want to make sure I know what am I putting in my body. I want to be taking the right type of things. They
1: have got it down at Happy Mammoth. Yeah, they're really dedicated to making women's lives easier, and that means only using science-backed ingredients that have been proven to work for women. They really make no compromise when it comes to quality. I have really been appreciating it for when I'm feeling like, a little off or down around that time of the month. Because I have an IUD, I don't get a period. So it often surprises me when I'm at that time of the month. And this has really helped level me out in those times.
0: Yeah, it makes it a lot easier to manage PMS, their estrocontrol control specifically. It also is
1: helpful if you're going through menopause or premenopause as well. So for a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use our code FMH at checkout.
0: That's happymammoth.com and use the code FMH for 15% off today.
1: I am all about embracing my natural hair texture and pros products that are customized hair care have really been helping me with that. There's nothing quite like finding the right products for your
0: hair that not only make your hair look its best, but also make it the easiest to do it. the
1: easiest to get it there. It's also really cool that they can customize it so much, like based on your zip code, the type of water you have, what goal you have. So like I could put in that I have a frizz control goal, which nothing has really been able to tame my frizz and Pros is really doing a good job of it. Yes, there's nothing like getting
0: something that is uniquely for you and also freshly made. It's like all these other products. If you buy over the counter, you don't know how long it's been sitting there sitting in a warehouse. You get a custom hair care. It's made to
1: order. And Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin that they're offering an Exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com
0: slash FMH. So you'll get your free consultation and then 50% off at pros.com slash FMH. That's P R O S E.com slash FMH.
1: back with Elisa. Hi. Welcome to Finding Mr. Height, the podcast.
2: Hi. So lovely to be here. Thank you so much for having me.
1: Thank you for being here. We are pumped. Um, like I mentioned to you earlier this week, we are not well-versed in astrology um, at all. And so we are we are super excited to talk to you. And based on some of the questions that we got from our listeners, it seems that most of them are also not well-versed, but excited as well.
2: Perfect. I love that.
1: Yeah, so we are going to start off, though, with an astrology-themed weird or not that we did this week.
3: All right, I'm ready for it.
1: So this week we asked our listeners, weird or not, they ask you for your astrological
3: sign before your first date. I think this is
2: weird. (laughs) Oh, it's nah. 100% nah, 100% nah.
3: No. I knew knew Rourke was going to think this was weird. Yeah, this is this is weird. This is a well suited. This is going to be a well suited difference of opinion. Um, Okay, so I, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. I am like a very stereotypical kind of like skeptic in this regard, and and part of that is because I have never related to any descriptor that I am allegedly a part of, and so I think (laughs) that that's (laughs) part of it. Allegedly. Got we got ahead, Jolly. And so um I think like just as with the Enneagram, Myers Briggs, Astro, all of that to me is like very interesting to talk about. And it's like fun because we all want to understand ourselves better. Um, but I think that if somebody asked me that, I would think that they put a certain amount of like stock in the response that like would not be a good match for me. And so I think that that would be, it would be weird to me.
2: Oh my God. I'm heartbroken.
3: I'm so sorry.
2: I'm, We're I'm two minutes l- in. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> well, what's your sign? I'm a Sagittarius. This is like really classic Sagittarius behavior. <laughs> oh <my> <laughs> <God>. <laughs> First of all, also like someone's, entire zodiac astrological profile is not just found in their sun sign. There is a right. whole host of other variables that go into it. But no, I'm just, I, what, what can I say? I'm, I'm truly heartbroken. I, that, there's <laughs> nothing else to say. I live in a world where I have been asking people for their signs since I was a itty bitty girl. It's the way that I have created a, it's how I remember people. I don't remember people's names. I remember their astrological sign. Oh, that's so, so interesting. Yeah. So for me, it's like that – I would ask somebody their sign whether or not I'm even interested in them. You know, yeah, like, you're like – literally just as like just What's the time? Yeah, exactly. What time is it? What's your sign? Yeah. What's the weather? You know, those are pretty sta- – I ask my taxi drivers what their signs are all the time, you know, because just trying to get a lay of the land.
1: Yeah, see what you're working with. Exactly. So – but so, Rook, you think it's weird. But what do you think the listeners thought, weird or not?
2: Um,
3: percentages. I'm gonna say 45 weird, 65 not weird. No, 55 the, not weird. That math Sorry. doesn't work. Yeah, 45, yeah. 55.
1: <laughs> okay, Aliza, what do you
2: think? Well, you know, in my universe, it's a hundred percent not. It's a hundred percent not. But recognizing that maybe this could be indicative of a different listenership, I'm gonna I, I think that you might be right with these percentages, but just to like throw something else out there, yeah. I'm gonna do 60 think it is nah. 40 think it's weird.
1: Work, you were basically spot on.
3: <gasps>
2: oh my God.
1: Yeah, you haven't been this right in a while. It was.
3: Oh, it. <laughs> you haven't been this right in a while. It's, tr- it's that just factually true.
1: It's factually true. <laughs> it, it was forty-seven percent weird and fifty-three percent nah.
2: At least we have the majority.
1: We have Me. the majority. <laughs> we did. I'm with you. I'm with you. Although, although I don't know that much about it. What I have learned, I think, is fascinating, and I am starting to put more and more stock into it. The more that I learn about it.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's honestly, I think that it is the coolest thing ever, but I'm totally biased. And this is my, has been my life for a very long time, but I think it's awesome. I think it's a great way of going, especially in the context of dating, it's a great way of getting to know people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I was going
3: to ask, you mentioned that you've been asking people about this since you were young. Is this, did, did it, just feel like a calling or like how you, how did, how did wanting to talk to people about this, like come to you?
2: I have this very, very loud siren going by at this moment. Oh, Oh, I I can't can't hear hear it it at all. Oh yeah. Don't worry. Perfect. Okay. Fabulous. Um, it's gone now. (laughs) Um, I don't know how it started. I don't know. You know, I obviously grew up in a family that, um, created space for it. I had a, an uncle who passed away when I was three, four years old, um, who was definitely by, you know, I don't think he was a lawyer professionally, but in, our, in what we would imagine someone to be an astrologer today, he was 100% an astrologer. Interesting. Um, he passed away in the early nineties. And that is when people were still hand calculating charts. Um, now we have so much software, so it's, you know, that we have all of this technology that allows us to, it's not like advanced technology, but, you know, just being able to have, you know, data input and then the chart sort of come right. back out within a few seconds. is not how it used to be. So he hand calculated charts, which most present day astrologers don't know how to do. Wow. So the fact that he could even do that really shows that it was, it was not just an amateur level. Um, so he passed away when I was very young. Um, but certainly I think him in my family and his, the, you know, his language and the way that he saw the world, um, set up my whole family on my mother's side to also want us to speak in those terms. Mm -hmm. Um, so, and my mom who also happens to be a Sagittarius actually is very quintessential Sagittarius where she would have you know, like a copy of the Bible next to a copy of the Quran next to a book on dreams next to a book on astrology next to a book on, you know, Renaissance history art, like she's just loves knowledge and loves to learn about things. So Mm -hmm. it was never it never felt like taboo. It never felt weird. It never felt like a departure. Um, It was an invited and welcome way of being able to communicate and talk
1: Nice. Yeah, I think something that really made it start to resonate more for me was when I started to learn more about how it's not just about your sun sign. Like I had heard, I'm an Aries, and I I do re, I do resonate with almost all of what are known to be typical Aries characteristics. But there have always been parts of me that I felt didn't. Like I felt like people think of the general stereotype stereotype that I had heard of an Aries is just like super stubborn, you know, super fiery, bad temper. Like these are the stereotypes that I had internalized, not necessarily saying they're true. Um, And when I started to understand more about moon signs and rising signs and that kind of thing, which I want to ask you about, that's I think when it started to be cooler for me to say like, oh, I'm not just this one dimensional thing. I have all of these different things going on and that resonated more.
2: Totally. I mean, that's the same with me as well. I, all of this was sort of just me being a little bit, a little OCD categorizing, you know, trying to create links in understanding how I move through the world, the types of patterns that um, I experience. I'm all, I've always been obsessed with patterns, you know, ever since I was that predates astrology, like mm-hmm. by far, you know, like I've loved puzzles. I love patterns. That was always like my aptitude on like perf- little tests when you're a kid where it's, like mm-hmm. pattern recognition. So like, I love patterns. Astrology presented itself as another pattern. So I'd be like, oh yes, I've, you know, in high school, I had like two Virgo boyfriends, like cool, good to know, you know, but it was in my early twenties when I, I found out that I was not just a Leo sun, but I was also a Pisces moon. And that was, Absolutely transformative for me because so much of actually who I am was not able to just be extra- expressed through the Leo stereotypes archetypes. You know, however you want to put them, there were pieces of that that were true, but there were other things that you know just the Leo uh, archetype alone did not cover. So realizing that there was a whole other for me, it was like you know first a moon sign, which is your emotional internal experience, and that being in Pisces, which is so so emotional, so sensitive, so spiritual, so deep, so um absorbent, was mind blowing to me because that truly captured sort of the external internal um, dimensions of my Of my spirit that I didn't even have language for in therapy at that time yet, you know, like there I didn't even I hadn't even really integrated that into my own awareness of my identity.
1: Digging in on that, can you explain a little bit? You mentioned kind of what that moon sign represents. Can you explain a little bit more about your understanding of what a sun sign, a moon sign, and rising
2: sign kind of represents for someone? Sure. So the. What people often now start with, which is definitely, um, you know, it's cha- astrology has changed a lot over the past 10 years. Um, but now instead of just asking for people's sun sign, people are asking for your big three, which is your sun, moon, and rising. So yours, it's actually probably easiest to start with the rising sign. So the rising sign, which is which zodiac was coming up over the eastern horizon at your exact moment of birth. And your rising sign shows how you perceive reality. It shows it's like your eyeballs. It's your highway. It's your filter. It's your lens. It's your it's your framework. So prior to sun sign horoscopes becoming popular about 100 years ago, um, the rising sign was actually more highly regarded than oh. someone's sun sign. Hmm. But you can't This rising sign uh, changes so it changes every four minutes in degree. And it's you need to have your exact time of birth in order to know your rising sign. So it's much easier to know your sun sign because you have an entire 24 hour window than it is to know your rising sign. So when horoscopes became popular around 1930, uh, you know, in newspapers and magazines, it was much easier to sort of be like, oh, what day were you born? And um, sort of filter it from that rather than this ambiguous rising sign and remember we didn't have technology in the way that we do now so people weren't even if they did know the time they were born you would need to have a professional astrologer hand calculate the birth chart for you which was like a not a far and few between so sun sign is based on the day that you were born and it is very much it's sort of like your external experience It is how you shine. It is how you take up space. It is sort of like your your aura, your energy. It's kind of like your default setting. But remember, your rising sign is how you see the world. So your rising sign is also informing why your sun sign is what your sun sign is. Because Mm. your rising sign, so in my case, I'm a Capricorn rising, which means that I see the world through this very sort of intense, like I want to be taken seriously. I want respect. I've you know, I felt like this intense amount of pressure from a young age to sort of self-parent. And then my sun sign is like, okay, well, how do you do that? How do you actualize these, your vision of reality? So for me, it's Leo. So it's entertaining. It's performing. It's being in the spotlight. It's having a fiery nature to me. And then your emotional inner world. So what's going on on the inside is your moon sign. So your moon sign is like a very private, very sacred, very special spot spot in your chart because it's not necessarily going to be um, as accessible for others to identify as your sun sign, which is more just like kind of at face value. Uh, your moon mm-hmm. sign is what's it's I like to think of it as like and when you go home at night and you're sort of reflecting on everything that happened to you in the day and you're having your emotions and your feelings and your vibes come up and rise to the surface, that's your moon sign. So depending on what your moon sign is and the relationship it has with the other things in your chart, for some people, that's going to be a very solitary experience. Others might wear their emotions a little bit more on their sleeve. Um, But in my case, it certainly felt like it had just sort of tapped into like, oh my God, like this is so true for me. I didn't, and I didn't even give this um, proper, space to be true until I created, until I found the language for it. Right. You're Capricorn rising too, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Both my
3: rising and my moon are in Capricorn.
2: So that would mean that you were born, right when you were born, um, well, a few things, actually. You probably have your son in your 12th or 11th house, um, which means that you were born slightly after dawn and you were also born when the moon was rising in the sky so the moon was just coming up um at dawn when you were born
3: yeah it was like it was like a 6 a.m or something
2: yeah so you had the sun and the moon both rising that's so interesting
3: i have an ex who so i think a reason i and this was a problem with this ex generally is that he as a whole had like kind of like a failure to take responsibility where he very much viewed things in his life as things that happened to him that he was a victim of. And therefore that's who he was. And one of the things we talked through when he asked for reasons why I was breaking up with him, is I said, like, I understand shit happens, but you then have to do something about it. You can't just like sit there and say that there's no movement. And one of the things he would rest on was actually his sign
2: oh my god that's horrible
3: so he he had been told so i he is a triple aries which i get which he would say like i like i don't know what to tell you it's like a really toxic like sign like the three together and he and
1: just would say like i'm just toxic because of this and that's it mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> what? Yeah, he, he sounds like an asshole oh <laughs> uh, yeah 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 yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah. wait work was his was his powerpoint
2: yeah oh
1: yeah we have aliza we have nicknames for all for all of our exes on the pod and genius the the quintessential asshole one is powerpoint
2: (laughs) genius yes i mean that's that's a horrible way to use astrology that's an incorrect way of using astrology and frankly i understand why you would be a little bit touchy about it because that's a like that's gaslighting (laughs) you know that's like pretty just 101 gaslighting of like well, this is who I am because I'm this and there's nothing you can do about it and I'm not going to change. That's actually not how astrology should be used. Um, The things in our chart are not there so that we just are like, ah, look at that. They're actually invitations for us to become better people. So Mm, some of the most challenging things that we have in our charts um, are actually there, you know, and I guess this is where the spirituality piece comes in, but they're there for a reason. They're there because these are the lessons that we need to learn in this lifetime, in this consciousness. And whether or not we go into the past life bit of like, oh, because you didn't in either- others before. It's like, I, to me, that's kind of irrelevant. I think oftentimes we see it just through families alone, you know, like you might be the first person in your family who speaks the truth, or you might be the first person in your family who goes to therapy, or you might be the first person in your family who you know does some sort of a recovery or whatever it is you know and those would show up in the chart not necessarily as like oh my god yes look at you you went to rehab but as the toxic trait that then you have worked through you know the toxic trait in quotes that you've worked through because you've actualized yourself yeah
1: that does make total sense and i i had not heard that story before work about him that's such so shitty that is super shitty fun one Giving Aries
3: a bad name. It's He claimed it was because of that, like, trip... In the
2: in triplicate of it. I, yeah, I mean, everyone has a fucked up chart, you know? Right. I, it's like, everybody has... Thing, and just like everyone has had fucked up lives, you know? Exactly. Like, everybody has reasons to, to be an asshole or to be shitty or to not take responsibility for themselves. But when people... I actually... It's funny that this story came up because I... Just made a little video the other day just about a week ago being like okay this is it we've got to stop telling the bros about astrology done because, <laughs> i think i saw that yeah because i like if i find myself in two months stumbling into a conversation with some like ex-frat boy who starts mansplaining astrology to me i'm gonna lose it so like i understand that like we're all trying to like get to have more intimate conversations with the boys And, like, bring them into the astrology fold. But I think that we have to actually proceed with caution. And I think that your triple Aries PowerPoint is a perfect example of why.
3: Yeah, they have crypto. We get astrology. Right, totally. (laughs) Totally.
2: And, you know, like, they fucked up meditation. They made it so annoying. You know, they have done all of these things where they've taken – they, they can't have nice things. They simply can't without <laughs> making them into brackets, without gamifying them. They've gamified meditation. You know, it's like, where do we go from there?
1: One of my like significant exes who we call ASV, which stands for the aspiring sober vegan. Um, <laughs> uh, because when he broke up with me, he said it was because he eventually wanted to be sober and vegan and he didn't think that I did. <laughs>
2: cool. <laughs> cool. <Awesome. laughs> Whatever.
1: But he – the gamifying meditation thing really resonated with me because he used one of those apps and I, it wasn't Headspace. It was another one and I don't remember what it was. But he was like so beholden to this app of meditation and about how like if I didn't do it that way, that it wasn't right.
2: I know. This is – why I, I had this breakthrough – Last week, and I was like, oh my God, we have to like rein this in. They're gonna ruin it. They're gonna ruin it ASAP. Like, we have to tell them we're not into it anymore, you know?
1: (laughs) Yeah, it was that the gamifying thing is the gamifying,
2: the brackets, like the mansplaining about it, the being like the arrogance, all of it, all of it is gonna happen. Uh, It's a sad future if we continue to go down this path.
3: (laughs) How – talk to us a little bit. Obviously, this is a dating podcast. So talk to us a little bit about how you see your sign playing out in dating and both as, like, an individual and how it might play out for a certain person and then also, like, what that means for, like, who they should partner with. Like, is similarity – is this, like, a birds of a feather should flock together? Opposites attract? Like, if somebody's an earth, do they need air? Did I feel like I just asked a lot of questions, but we can we can break <laughs> well,
2: it down. I um always ask people for charts. You know, I think charts are important, but I think that many would be probably surprised about I don't know, the way that I encourage people to work with astrology and dating. Um for instance, like on my show Astrology Dating, <laughs> which is just simply called astrology dating. Um, you know, we will get some listeners who come on and they speak live and based on what they're saying, they, they'll they say like, oh, and I have his chart. Um, but based on what they're saying, I'm like, I actually don't need it. I don't need his chart. I, mm. I What's going on with you? You know, what's going on? Because yeah. something is up in your reality that to me is like sort of you could pick or like you could swap out whoever the other person is, easy peasy. You know, it's like that's not really coming from them as much as that's an internal thing that's happening to you. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, I guess answer, one of the answers. The other answer is that I think that any sign could be, is compatible. We have all of the Zodiac signs within us. So we have 360 charts, uh, 360 degree charts that contain every single one of the 12 Zodiac signs. So different people are going to activate different parts of who we are. Mm. And we're going to, they're going to illuminate different dimensions of our personality, of our experience. So I don't rely on astrology just to say this, these people are compatible, they should date, or these people are incompatible, they shouldn't date. Instead, I actually, you know, if two people are together, I say, how are they compatible? In what ways are they compatible? Um, because that's going to give more information about the specific nuances of the dynamic than just, you know, being like, Meh, you know, this, these two sun signs don't work because obviously, based on everything we've said, like that clearly is not the full story of astrology. Right.
1: And on the flip side, I would imagine, in the same way that you're able to say, How are these two people compatible? you might also be able to say, Here are some things these two people might need to focus on. Right. Like things that might be difficult.
2: Totally. And that doesn't mean they're incompatible. You know, it also means that, like, both people need to learn how to work together and to recognize that people have different needs. They communicate in different ways. They have different love languages. They have different. Sexual appetites, you know, and like that doesn't mean incompatible. It simply means like, oh, you got to get to know someone other than yourself, which I think is like the biggest mind fuck of all when people are dating, you know, is like, oh, my God, this person has a totally other point of view. (laughs) Like, whoa, they don't want the same things I do. Whoa. And and that's cool. You know, that obviously that would be the case. It's two completely different people. But this is why I think astrology is amazing and why I would say it's not weird. It's, it's fully a not to think it's weird because it's, it's such a great way of opening up conversations about similarities and differences that I think are so vital for the dating experience.
1: Would you have, if someone kind of says, like, I'm an Aries, would you, like, how do you kind of approach if someone is like, I'm trying to figure out what might be good for me or what, you know, how I can kind of like navigate that using astrology, is do you have any sort of framework that you think about from
2: that sense? No, I don't. I say put yourself out there if you want to yeah. date and see what comes back. And then, you know, go on enough dates with someone so that you can get me their chart or that you could get their chart and then you could start looking it up, you know? Is the best. I don't, I do not co sign. I do not sign off on any variation of judging people preemptively based on si- their sun sign or I actually mean, any any of it. I don't, I yeah. wouldn't judge people. if it, someone knew how to read a whole birth chart, it would be super irresponsible to just assume you understand how that chart is manifesting in someone's life without actually taking the time to get to know them. That's there very be a very, a lot of people,
1: perspective. yeah. There are going to be a lot of people who wrote in that are very happy to hear that because so many of the questions we got were very specific, like, I am this, dating this, or is it okay? And it sounds like the answer is
3: always, yeah. Yeah. Or and, maybe. And I, it might be. Or, or maybe. Yeah, or, yeah. or
2: not. Or not. But not, not because of that. Right. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I think that that is one of the – that's one of the hardest things about my job is that it everything in astrology is so hyper-specific mm. that it – And I am also someone who does not feel comfortable making broad generalizations. So the combination of things being hyper-specific, me not wanting to broadly generalize basically means it's a lot of like, see for yourself. (laughs) Let me know. (laughs) Like, (laughs) come back later. Come back when you have more information. Because I don't want to be didactic. Um, But at the same time, I also don't have the bandwidth to go through every single individual's unique circumstance and story and comb through it to be like, yes, this is hundred percent the type of person you should be with. Cause right. then even that is didactic in its own way. Like I want to empower people so that they know that they have the free will and the agency to make choices in their life.
1: Yeah. I we love we love
3: that.
2: I love that. I don't know. I Who doesn't be- love like- it? you have to love it. <laughs> Gotta love it.
3: Ali, what I'm sorry, what I know because you texted me asking what my moon and rising were. What are yours? You never told me.
1: Um, I am Aries sun, Aquarius moon, Sagittarius rising.
3: Okay, cool. Cool. Love it. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> no clue what anything means. I literally was thinking like if somebody on a – because I was thinking if somebody on a date told me that they were X, I would be like – they could have said like, oh, like I'm an omelet. And I'm like, oh, cool. Like it's, it's, it's all Greek to me, I feel like. And like I wouldn't – I feel like I know – I feel like I have other s- scripts, might be the w- wrong word, but sort of internal mechanisms of like, oh, you said X, I kind of now know how to probe about Y or to like learn more about that. And I feel like I don't understand how to like ask follow-ups if, if I was confronted with that information.
2: Well, it doesn't sound like you're particularly interested in it also. Oh, no, you no. Know? I
3: like talking about all this stuff where like if somebody told me they're like an Enneagram 5 or something, like I would like that to me is like personality tests are fun and i i i'm interested i would certainly be interested in like what like what something meant to that person right like what about it do you align with what about it do you differ from but i feel like i i i would be very out of my depth in trying to understand like what x meant
2: well i think that you would say what does it mean you know i th- i have well, I have a bunch of like mottos, which is so embarrassing to say, but one of no, them. No, that's great. No, that's amazing. <laughs> mottos are amazing. Yeah. I, I, mottos, ridiculous. I One of them is, you know what you need to know when you need to know it. And to me, that is very much like, you know, because we're in this mystical astrological realm, um, that is a very big part of it. You know, if you aren't receptive to something and if it doesn't if you can't remember it or if it doesn't resonate or if it feels like it's like, Oh, like it just doesn't stick in my brain. It's like, maybe you just don't need to know it. You know, maybe you don't need to know it at this time. It's not advantageous. It's not beneficial knowledge, you know, which is fine. Totally fine. Like, so when I say it doesn't sound like you're interested, I don't mean that in a bitchy way. I genuinely mean like, if that's not something that is actually informing or, or helping or shaping your experience, then it's not necessary to impose it you know that's only great point. work with the things that feel like they are going to add value and then anything yeah. that doesn't add value it's like that's not maybe it's not for you and that's totally cool you know
3: yeah no 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 that's that you that point is well taken
1: yeah i think something that so in the when you like asked about like what my moon and my rising are like when i found those out i kind of had a similar moment as you mentioned elisa except for me i was much older this was like uh, three years ago, where I in the Aquarius moon, kind of what you said about how it was like a more solitary experience, that, and I don't, I still to this day don't know that much about it. And I, for some reason, it's actually kind of resonating what you said about it not absorbing, <laughs> but it felt like that was like the sensitive part of myself that nobody sees and that I like maybe didn't want people to see.
2: Right, right, totally.
1: Versus my Aries. Like, I don't give a fuck, but, like, yeah. actually, I, I give a lot of them.
2: Yeah, the, yeah. I mean, it, it's <laughs> – totally. Like, it's – our sun sign is always a protective layer, you know, in some way, shape, or form. It's different for everyone. But yeah, it – you know, it is how we are going to – it's how we move through our day. So then on these sort of, like, more existential, more sort of – I don't know – these sort of more esoteric principles of it. It's sort of like, well, why, you know, why would you be an Aries sun? Why would you be a Sagittarius sun? Why would I be a Leo? Why would the three of us all be fire signs right here, right now? Cute. Love to see it. But for real, like, why would it be necessary to have those qualities based on your life, based on your background, based on the conditions and the circumstances that were part of your upbringing, you know, because it's everything sort of folds in. And it's like a never ending battle between the chicken or the egg, you know, did astrology come first? Or did our experience come first? And it's kind of like both back and forth.
3: It's so funny, you just said that, because I was just thinking, I was I wanted to ask you, what do you think the filter is? Is the filter the astrology or is the filter our experience like what's being run through first if that makes sense so yeah. I don't know yeah
2: <laughs> I don't know but it's really it's a it's amazing it's really remarkable like I think a good example of this is that if you have twins that are born let's say minutes apart have yeah almost identical birth charts mm-hmm. grow up and live extremely different lives um, how does astrology astrology would this seems like it would be a this would sort of deny the efficacy of astrology, something like that, right? But right. then you go, you rewind the tape back to day one, day zero. One baby needs incubation. The other one could be held by mom immediately. One baby is, needs a little bit more like medical care. The other one, totally normal, right? One baby is all bruised and fucked up looking. The other one is like healthy and- Gerber baby. And, yeah, exactly. And all of those details from the second these two different people come into being are going to inform the way that they experience their chart. So it's not just what their chart is, it's the way that the circumstances also reveal how that person is going to integrate and um, emerge as their birth chart. Um mm-hmm. You know, to be, to have a very creative soul, to be a very creative person, but to be raised in a home that was like no creativity allowed, you know, only by the rules, very punitive, very disciplinarian, that's going to express itself so differently than if someone who has a creative spirit is raised in a household full of artists, you know? Right. So it is like, it's, you know, it's the chart, it's the circumstance, it's the conditions, it's our experience.
1: And that exactly. kind of goes back to what you were saying about how it's not preordained in the sense of, like, just because this person is this sign doesn't mean X thing is true.
2: Exactly. Or, you exactly. Know, they're not good
1: for you or whatever it
2: Right. Is. And, like, that's why when I see a birth chart, I'm not really – at this point in my career, I'm not really interested in being – making prescriptive um, – uh, Uh, guesstimates on what that actually has manifested to be for that person when I used to do one-on-one sessions people I think were quite surprised to discover that a lot of the session was a conversation and it was a lot of like I see that you have a signature that could show a strong relationship with your mother or a maternal figure what do you think about that, right? Like how, what is your relationship like with your mom? I don't fucking know, you know, I have no idea. So it's like, but then it's a dialogue between like, okay, well, that's how that expressed itself in that person's story. And it's, astrology takes a lot of self-awareness to, um, to really be able to speak in narrative form. It is not just a bunch of keywords. You know what I mean? <laughs>
1: hmm It's like the whole story. Exactly. Yeah. The guy that I was dating most recently is a Pisces. And, oh, funnily enough, Rourke, I forgot to tell you this. So the fact that he's a Pisces means his birthday was very recent. Um, we broke up in – Rourke, when was that? Early February? I think so. Early – right before Valentine's Day. Yeah. And And – just yesterday, I was doing a, a TikTok live and I was talking and somebody asked about him. I was talking about this episode that we're recording. And people were asking me the sun signs of guys that I've dated in the past. And somebody said, well, what sign was the rower? And I couldn't remember and I couldn't remember. Somebody in the live remembered, which is kind of funny. That's
3: Whoa,
2: how? Yeah, it was, yeah. It was me. It's because- <laughs> <laughs> It was me. It was someone just like me.
1: Somebody in the live remembered that I had said that his birthday was a week before mine.
3: Oh, that's right. You did and say so, that at some point.
1: And so because of that, they knew that he was a Pisces, but I didn't even remember. But this means I didn't I forgot his birthday in like the best possible way. Oh, that's great. Yeah, this was somebody that I really did not want to break up with, Aliza, for your oh, reference. I'm sorry. Um he did not want to be exclusive and I did. Um, so I ended things and I- (laughs) Now
2: I'm going to contradict everything that I said and be like, so Pisces.
1: So (laughs) (laughs) So, so I was one, I meant, I just wanted to tell that story because one, I was very proud of myself that birthdays are like a thing. I love my birthday. I always remember people's birthdays. I love them. So I was very happy that his birthday was not on my radar. Um, but secondly, when I was dating him, I had- talked to a few people in the astrology space at the time and both of them told me you cannot date a Pisces man
2: and I was so sad. I think that that's the the, the stupid thing to say. Frank. I, thank you. <laughs> I thought so too. <laughs> it is. I mean and even though it didn't work out with this particular person and this particular Pisces does not mean you should you know if you get connected to another Pisces in the future that you should be like mm, no Pisces for me because I mean in the Again, like even in the spiritual space of this, it's like, well, maybe that's exactly why you are going to end up being with a Pisces. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you'll because you have the sensitivity me. to it. You know?
1: Yeah, um, but it. But I. I remember thinking when I heard that, like, that can't be true. Like, it can't just be true that this, like, this month of people's birthdays is off limits.
2: Right? No, I mean it's not true. That's a stupid, stupid, stupid thing to say. But. I think that it's, I think that that is often the type of, that's often what I have to like remediate, you know? Yeah. I feel like I'm 90% astrology remediation. People <laughs> come to me after they've been told stupid things over the years about from astrologers or tarot readers or psychics. And then they come to me because I, as a professional in the space, could sort of like tell them, you're right to think that that was a, weird thing for someone to say to you you know yeah.
3: well you're you're softening me tremendously I have to say
2: oh that's big Aliza well <laughs> damn <laughs> it is never my, maybe it's like it's never my intention to evangelize you know what I mean like oh no astro- no, no I, I astrology was not imp- is like, I was not imputing no no, no but I mean that and like I'm I'm happy to hear that because oftentimes you know I'll be in situations where someone would be like, approve oh, it. And I'm like, no, yeah. <laughs> no, I won't. I, I don't want to. I, if you don't like it, you don't have to like it. I, you know, I'm not coming around knocking on doors with a Bible. Like I, it's literally like I'm living my life. People can live their lives, all good. But at the same time, I think that a lot of people have misunderstandings of what astrology is, how astrology works, how astrology can, you know, if if I was introduced to an astrology that was extraordinarily didactic and generalized and made was binary where it's like good and bad, I wouldn't like it either because who wants to be put in a box like that, you know? Mm-hmm. The last thing anybody wants to do is to be typecast based on their sun sign. I don't think anyone would feel good about that. But I think maybe because of my home and my upbringing, it was never presented in that way. It wasn't presented Mm -hmm. as expansively as I understood it to be when I was in my early 20s. But it was still even like, you know, there was nuance enough to know that people weren't just, that all Leos weren't the same, or all Sagittarians weren't the same, or all Geminis weren't the same.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think astrology coming more into the mainstream has ruined things for Scorpios. Wait, why? Scorpios... What's the deal? Oh, the Scorpio hate out there is wild, especially Scorpio men.
3: Wait, really? I haven't heard this yeah. at all. I'm like not in the right groups for this, but why? What's going
2: on?
1: It comes across my FYP all the time. Aliza, do you know what I'm talking about? How people hate on Scorpio
2: men? They hated on they've always hated on them. Forever. Scorpios have a have a tough I think Geminis and Scorpios probably get the most
1: She Yeah, Gemini too. Anytime, any. My dad was a Gemini, and anytime I mentioned that the oyster, oh yeah, Gemini parents in the group. Um, (laughs) Woo! Right, right, ladies. Woo! There we go. (laughs) Anytime I mentioned that the oyster was a Gemini, which like I don't mention that often, but like I did in my live yesterday, I always preface it with, "The oyster was a Gemini," and so was my dad. Before anyone says anything, (laughs) like. (laughs) All in, It's like all in one breath because, yeah, people hate on Scorpios and Geminis.
2: Scorpios and Geminis, yeah.
1: I, I truly don't know. I actually also dated a Scorpio. The buffalo was a Scorpio, Rook, oh, the guy that I was just talking about last week.
2: Still when, is Scorpio, when is, what, what are the Scorpio timeframes? End of October into November.
3: Oh, okay. It's the Got sign
2: it. right before Sagittarius.
3: Got it. You just barely squeaked by, Brooke. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I wouldn't be a Scorpio man. Um, shoot. What was I going to ask you? Oh, I wanted to ask then what your perspective was on sort of the like memeification of astrology where like there are those accounts where it's like breakfast foods as stars. Like, you know, just sort of like the very – those like simplified graphics and stuff.
2: Well, I mean I was one of the pioneers of that. When I started um, my first astrology project ten years ago, uh, which was an astrology dating app called The mm-hmm. Line, uh, oh, cool. that I started with a one of my best friends from college, and we Very ran that cool. for three years. But it, astrology was not as mainstream as it is today. However, we were we really were among the first people to start making those types of astrology infographics. Let's say, yeah, yeah. Um, and it has obviously been, you know, uh, it, it, the Internet ran with it, um, which, you know, is great because it makes astrology, you know, in the same way that we started doing it 10 years ago. It makes astrology super digestible. It makes it accessible. It makes it fun. It at the time when we were doing it, astrology was still very much stuck in the 70s. So it was also like taking some of the words like groovy (laughs) out of it and like making it so that it's not just practiced by, you know, your hippie aunt in Santa Fe, but it's actually something that's like (laughs) with the culture and is relevant. Um, But, you know, 10 years later, it, I would say that the biggest concern that I have is that there are a lot of people who are not studying it anymore. Mm. You know, there are people who are just looking at a lot of memes and Got then it. think that they are astrologers, you know, and that was not my, and maybe I'm, maybe this is my girl boss gatekeep moment, but you know, that's not how I really studied. Like I, I yeah. went to school. So I had, it was a very much of a a practice for me and it was very precious. And I uh, didn't start taking clients for years, you know, until after I felt equipped enough to be able to be a consulting astrologer. So I think that that is probably my biggest concern is that people who are not really that knowledgeable or not really that qualified, or maybe simply just too young to know that, you know, like popping off the lid of someone's psyche and their consciousness, and then putting your hands in it and like, running your fingers through with like, very basic levels of astrology is not particularly safe or healthy yeah. for anyone. I don't think I that's gatekeeping.
1: That. I think that's just wanting the like level of what's going on to be high.
2: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean I would agree, but I also at the same time know that, you know, there are old guard astrologers who don't like what I'm doing, you know? Mm. <laughs> so it's like I also just see the you know, I see it, the, the Russian dolls piece of it all, you know, Mm. um, which is that like the old guard astrologers think that what I'm doing is like super trivial and is too mainstream and that I don't have enough education or, you know, business doing the type of work that I do. Wow. it's interesting.
1: So sort of to kind of come full circle with that, I guess. Like how would you recommend if somebody is wanting to understand a little bit more or kind of thinking like, okay, I know my big three, but I want to know more about what it means. And to, to your point, there is so much out there and not all of it might be relevant. Where
2: should someone start? Well, in 2019, I started a virtual community known as the Constellation Club. Um, so the Constellation Club is the place that I direct people and We have over a thousand members from all around the world because we had started it so many years ago. There are tons and tons. It's really like a virtual library as well as a community. So there's just like boundless resources, like tons of classes, tons of PDFs, tons of groups, study groups. Um, I host different workshops all the time there. So that's kind of the space that I, and you know, because everything is being created by myself and my team, I know the quality of the material, and right. I can I can vouch for it.
3: Yeah.
1: Yeah, that makes sense. A couple of people that wrote in are actually members of the Constellation oh, cool. Club. So they were very excited to hear you on the pod.
2: Oh, that's awesome! Hi, Constellation Club.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, that's great because I think it it can seem very overwhelming.
2: And like, there's so
1: much out there and how do I know what's legit? I mean, that's true about so many topics, but I think this is definitely one of them.
2: Yes. Yeah. And it's definitely one of them. I think that especially with TikTok in the past couple of years has even Mm. gotten so much louder and so much more, you know, there are so many people creating content around astrology now. And I think that the, the volume of content is perhaps even more concerning to me than the memes themselves, you know? it's like if you are gamifying astrology then of course it's going to lose some of its impact you know it's going to get diluted because if you just have to constantly be if you're in the in the game of follows you know then you're just Mm. constantly creating content and you're not even necessarily being thoughtful about like what you are disseminating
1: that makes a lot of sense that hits home Uh, yeah yeah, i like
2: to say that you cannot amazon prime your spirituality Um, and that is very much, and astrology is a, is a language that is very much a spiritual one. And Mm. this is why it's like, you know, you know what you need to know when you need to know it, you know, it's like, if you don't, if you're, if someone's force feeding you information, whether it be on your, on your feed or in a conversation, you're gonna be like, oh, I don't want that, you know? And I feel like that's what happens with too much astrology. I mean, I don't like to see it. I don't like to see like, 18-year-olds saying incorrect things about astrology on TikTok. That's the last thing I want, you know? (laughs) I don't want to see it. I
3: I have to ask. I'm sorry. This is on our outline, alley. Yeah. I want to ask this. What are the best transits for meeting someone?
1: Oh, yeah. Somebody asked that, and I wrote a note that I have no idea what that means.
2: Maybe that will be our wrap-up question. That's that's what the best (laughs) – you know that's like what's going on in the sky best, and then oh. how it is going to impact your chart. And again, unfortunately, it is not. It is an unanswerable question because there are going to be certain transits that are really special for some people, and certain transits that are not as impactful for others. Uh, is that... like
1: it is Mercury retrograde an example of a transit?
2: Yes. Okay.
3: Yes. Nice, Allie. Nice.
2: Thank you. Got it. Yes. Um, <laughs> great. Very good. So, like, for instance... A-plus, oh, Allie. No, that was A-plus T- T- work. I loved it. Yeah. Um, my fiancé and I met on, under a full moon in Virgo during Pisces season. And as it turns out... So you have a full moon every month. Every 28 right. days you get a full moon. But I didn't know at the time he was going to be my fiancé, nor did I know at the time that... He had a Virgo moon. I knew I had a Pisces moon. But then when you put those pieces together that we met during Pisces season under the Virgo moon, and I'm a Pisces and he's a Virgo moon, I'm Damn. Pisces and he's a Virgo moon, it's like, oh, well, that Shit. really is, that was really good compatibility for both of us. You know, those were really good. That was a good transit for both of us.
1: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. When I cool. When I got a reading done a couple months ago, it was around the same time as the Pisces situation, but it's not the person who said it. And she was talking about how it was like Venus retrograde at the time, I believe. And she was talking about how – and Mercury retrograde. And she was talking about like how my communication was going to be like really stunted and that like things might open up on – I don't remember what the date was. But like – that date was the day that I got a text from him post breakup, and Whoa. it was very, it was very weird. I didn't tell you that, Rourke. The day that he finally texted me back was the day that that person had said that like the retrograde was over and that like lines of communication were going to be. Wow, open. that's I was really like, Who's watching me? Is this like the the Truman Show or something? Like it was like very, <laughs> very interesting. But
2: wow, very interesting.
1: Yeah. So who knows? But well, I say
2: I say tank, which means there are no coincidences. So hmm. that's tank. I like that. I like that.
1: Well, Aliza, this has been so interesting. Speaking of it, the word interesting. I have like <laughs> I love learning about all of this. So thank you so much for being here and answering all
2: of our questions. Oh yes, of course. Thank you so much for having me. This is really lovely.
3: Yeah, I like this was this was, like I said, very genuinely eye opening for me in the sense that something that we talk a lot about on this podcast is that there is pretty much like dating doesn't have rules; it just has nuance. And I think that you've shown me that, real, like, astrology is really the same way. And I am, I am, I am cautiously optimistic about my own oh journey my now.
2: God, <laughs> well, go, go, find out for me if you have a. First house moon or a 12th house moon okay if you have a 12th house sun an 11th house sun go find out these things because maybe it's time for you to know them yeah all right interesting i'm I'm entering a learning transit (laughs) you are there you go learning transit i love it well thank you have a great
3: night guys bye thank you